0: As usual, I asked our guest Andy Behrens to pound the table for someone this offseason. Andy,
1: who you pounded the table for? You know, I bet people come on here and they metaphorically pound the table, but
2: I'm going to literally pound the (laughs) table table right now uh,
1: for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Lock it up. I feel really good about this. Um, I'm not sure people realize that all he needs to do, all he really needs to do is play this season at the pace um, and, and in the style that they played last year. And he's going to attempt something like 700 passes if he plays 17 games, okay? He, he was averaging over 40 pass attempts per week uh, through 10 games last season, including the game in which he got hurt. He had, I, I think his single season or his single game high was like 61. It was ridiculous. Jeez. Cincinnati goes out and they improve the offensive line. They add Jamar Chase, obviously, his, his collegiate teammate um, and a wonderful player who at age 19 gave you 1,700 receiving yards in the SEC. It's arguably the best or certainly a top five receiving core in all of football. They play fast. Uh, When Burrow was at quarterback, they, they basically were at the top of the league in terms of pace, in terms of plays per game. This is going to be a marvelous fantasy offense. This is going to be incredible. So among all those quarterbacks who aren't, you know, the dual threat guys necessarily. So forget the top five, the top six. But after that, Joe Burrow is going to be in that next group as a top 10, top 12 fantasy QB.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Good value too. excellent ADP uh, from the FSWA president and enforcer himself. Go get you some Joe Burrow. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to The Most Accurate Podcast. I am your humble host, Brandon Niles, and my co-host today is everyone's favorite kicker stand, Jen Aikens. Jen, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing wonderful. I am excited that uh, we don't have to talk about the draft anymore. <laughs> so, let me tell you something. You guys know, uh, yeah, the, the NFL draft is, is my least favorite part of the fantasy content cycle. So I am thrilled <laughs> that the pieces are in place for the most part, and now we can proceed.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, as I mentioned, we're pumped to have Andy Barons on the pod today. You can find Andy on Twitter at Andy Barons and check out his fantastic work at Yahoo Sports. He's the president of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, and you can listen to him regularly on the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, which is fantastic. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. How you doing?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I only come on podcasts that, uh, that uh, include kicker stands. So I feel really <laughs> comfortable uh, on this spot. I would never go on a podcast with anybody from the, from the band kicker club.
0: I love it. We, we, we're a very kicker friendly podcast. We are, we have Jen here. We had Denny Carter on not too terribly long ago. So we, uh, we're a very kicker friendly
1: podcast. Uh, Andy, I know. Did it, did it not excite Jen that the Bengals drafted Evan McPherson? Like a kicker was drafted. I feel like we should feel pretty good about that.
2: Absolutely. I am thrilled. And we're actually, I think, uh, Denny, myself and, uh, Lindellians are going to do a little kicker stream here coming up. all kicker, all the time, which will be. Oh, hell yeah. Yep.
0: Nice. I love it. Uh, Andy, I know you're a Chicago guy. They made a big move at quarterback trading up for Justin Fields after signing Andy Dalton and letting Mitch Trubisky go. Uh, How excited are you as a Bears fan for this new direction uh, at the signal caller position?
1: Yeah, excited doesn't excited isn't quite the right word. It was just a surreal night um, Mm -hmm. because the Bears had had an absolutely predictable and hilarious offseason. um, you know, between, between the, the cap related cuts that they made between like, I could, I could see the Andy Dalton signing coming from like a month away that, that thing was definitely going to happen. And like, and then to have the, the team's social media account, just like almost trolling its fans with the, with the QB one nonsense with Andy Dalton. Like, I mean, it had just been so awful. And then, and then you watch Fields sliding from, from roughly the range that I thought, and listen, Fields is somebody who, if he just didn't play last year, if he just opted out of the season, um, probably would have improved his draft stock, right? It was just a classic case, kind of like Deshaun Watson back in the day, where like, if you just give people a little something to pick on, they're going to find stuff. And you're going to drop a little bit, no matter how great you are. Um, so I, I think he was somebody who could plausibly have been picked within the within the top three picks. He fell a little bit. I started tweeting about the, you know Bears go get your guy. They never go get their guy, but they <laughs> but they actually did it. It was it was stunning. Um, and I'm I'm excited. I'm like legit excited to have a quarterback that I believe in.
0: Yes, San Francisco, Carolina, and Denver better be hoping that Justin Fields doesn't pan out because right
1: because they passed up on them
0: uh we're gonna do a little festivus in may this week airing our grievances i've got my festivus pull out i'm ready to complain uh but before we get into that <laughs> i'm <as> always a- <laughs> ready to
2: complain <laughs> uh
0: before we get too far to that though i i wanted to do a little icebreaker just to put uh play a quick game of who'd you rather now that the dust has settled on free agency in the draft so uh we're gonna do that we'll start with you andy um, looking at kind of mid-round running backs whose draft uh whose stock increased after the draft miles gaskin uh Mike Davis, they're sixth and eighth round. I'm assuming they'll end up in the third to fifth round range, even out in ADP. Uh, now that the Dolphins and the Falcons didn't add anyone, uh, who'd you rather? Assuming their ADP evens out, Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis?
1: Yeah, um, it, it, two great names. Um, really good question, and this is going to be a choice that comes up in a lot of drafts. Um, for for me, this is Miles Gaskin, uh, and and I'm not I'm not totally sure that everybody you know, at least casual fantasy players understand how good he was on a per game basis um, when he played. Like, I just don't think Mike Davis can can get to where Gaskin was. Um, and, and we think of Gaskin as a guy, certainly everybody was, you know, the Dolphins were attached to every running back who might be loosely available in the offseason, right? And they didn't, they didn't really land any of them. Aaron Jones didn't go there. But Gaskin last year averaged 97.2 scrimmage yards per game. Like, he, he handled 20-plus twenty, put, 20 plus touches Routinely uh, had 41 receptions in just 10 games. The guy came back from injured reserve, like missed four games due to injured reserve or or while on injured reserve. And they gave him 23 touches immediately. Like he was, Mm. he was definitely a workhorse for that team. Uh, Like, I just don't see a lot of, like, I I applaud them for, for not going after the expensive running back when they already had a guy that was giving them a hundred relatively efficient yards per game. Um, So I love that they stuck with him. I, the, the team strikes me as as, you know, a, a, a group that is going to basically ride one player as much as they can. And if he can just hold up over over something close to 17 games, he, he's got a real good chance to to be like one of, like a fringe top 15 running back.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Chris Greer, the, the GM, they asked about not going after one of these running backs. And he said, we like the guys we have in the building. That's what he said. So uh, I'm with you, Jen. Who uh, who'd you rather? Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis?
2: You know, I hate to, to, you know, it's not great for, for radio here to agree with both of you, <laughs> but I had Miles Gaskin as well, and I had all the same stats that Andy had written down. But I just, I like Miles Gaskin. I think, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta Davis, or I mean, Gurley last year in Atlanta, he only had, you know, 14.7 touches a game. He was RB 26 in touches. You know, Gaskin was RB 9 in touches. I feel like they, they use him more, they're going to use him more. I just don't know about that, you know, the Atlanta offense in general and Mike Davis in there. I just, it's not that I hate Mike Davis, but if they're both sitting there, I'm going to go with Gaskin.
0: Yeah, yeah. so if Gaskin's off the board, Andy, um, are you still interested in Mike Davis? Uh, I, I know we're doing Who'd You Rather, but just curious if it's uh, being up on Gaskin or down on Davis approach.
1: Yeah, you know, I've had a shot at, uh, at Davis in a handful of, uh, of best ball drafts so far, and I haven't pulled the trigger yet. And I, I, I got to say, m- most of the reason is that there are still some guys hanging out there that I worry sure. are going to land in Atlanta right like Adrian Peterson doesn't have a home yet I don't think Duke Johnson has a home yet like there's just and then there's other guys that might end up as cap casualties like let's let's just see if Latavius Murray sticks anyway there's just a whole bunch of names that really worry me as potential threats to to Mike Davis so I haven't pulled the trigger yet I, I don't have anything against him I don't have anything against him I just I kind of feel like that backfield is unfinished Sure, that
0: makes sense that makes sense uh Jen Uh, We'll start with you on the next one. Looking at a couple, like, late-round quarterbacks for those that like to wait. A couple veterans nearing the ends of their careers. uh, Both going in the 10th round, QB 15 and QB 16 in ADP right now. Uh, Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger?
2: I'm kind of a neither on this one. Uh, But (laughs) if I I – they're both there in best ball, and I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to the (laughs) – I don't know, you know, Burrow, for example, he's there, yeah. you know, I- I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance on Fields or Lawrence, possibly there, Stafford, but if I have to pick between the two, uh, I think I'm picking Ryan only cause Roethlisberger is missing his right elbow. So I think, <laughs> I think I'll go with Ryan just based on health and, uh, I mean, they both have decent weapons, but I just, yeah, I mean, if I have to pick, I'm going Ryan.
0: I- I'm okay with a no, I'm okay with uh, <laughs> the other guys in the 10th round are much better than this. How about you, Andy?
1: Yeah. I was, I was not aware that there was a, like a door number three option here. Um, I would, I mean, I would, I would take Matt Ryan and I like Roethlisberger's on field career has been like a joy to watch. Like he's been Uh a, he's been a really, really fun player. Um, He's four years older than Matt Ryan. And as, as Jen said, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a fully functional throwing arm, right? like it's, it's just a worry. Um, it, it became an obvious concern last year and they seemed to, they seemed to game plan around it. And, and he's at that stage and Ryan's not there yet. Um, so, it, it, which is not to say that, that every, every Matt Ryan game is a clinic, it certainly isn't. I mean, he'll, he'll put up a handful of clunkers and they get weirdly predictable. But I mean, the the advantage that Ben would have over a lot of quarterbacks, which is that his receiving core is great, right? Like three really exciting names. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan's got that too. And he's got a better one. He's got Calvin Ridley as of right now. Julio Jones is still there and they just added Kyle Pitts. Like that's a it's about as good as it gets, you know, that's right there with Cincinnati. It's right there with Pittsburgh. That's a great top three. Um, and I Ryan w- was a huge draft winner as well. I mean, Atlanta was linked to every quarterback in the draft, basically, including the guys who went, you know, second day, third day, Um, and and, and they don't even have a developmental guy on their roster. Like, there's no threat to Matt Ryan whatsoever. I think his, situa- his situation is just fantastic. And he's sort of in that group where if you're, if you're really waiting to the end of the draft to get a quarterback, you can get him and you're going to get an easy 4,600 yards.
0: Nice, nice. I'm, I'm with you there. I kind of feel the same way, Matt Ryan. I wasn't going to take none of the above. Matt Ryan's kind of a target for me late in drafts, but I, I'm okay with none of the above as the answer. Let's go a little higher in the draft, uh, switching to receivers. Uh, these are, you know, kind of somebody coming off a disappointing year and somebody coming off a boom year. Wide receiver eight, wide receiver nine, both going in the third round in ADP right now. Uh, Michael Thomas or Justin Jefferson? What do you think, Andy?
1: Yeah, I want Jefferson here. I mean, he's he's coming off a historic season uh for a rookie, 1400 yards. It's such a it's such a narrow usage tree in Minnesota, which is one of the one of the great things about that offense for fantasy purposes, right? They like literally only throw to two guys. Um we, we love that. So like they can both go off in the same week. It's not an it's not an every other week sort of situation. Th- this is definitely Jefferson for me, ascending player, wonderful player. I don't like this is not I'm not, I'm not even trying to condemn, you know, Michael Thomas in, in any way he's, he's, he's a wonderful talent. I have no idea who the quarterback is going to be, except I, I know that Taysom Hill is going to be involved a little bit. Um, but he's, I, I mean, it's just a, he's just nowhere near um, the value that he would have been with a, with a healthy Drew Brees. Um, you know, a problem. I, either a problem. way <laughs> they go, it's going to be, it's going to be a downgrade. And I like, we, obviously we've seen James Winston have great, fantasy seasons um and support viable fantasy receivers and maybe that plays out here but we we know even if james wins that job that we're going to see a healthy dose of Taysom hill and that that can get icky for thomas i'm just not you know there are too many question marks with thomas and there are none whatsoever with jefferson
0: nice jen
2: I do agree, however, I'm kind of excited for the, for the new LASIK-Winston-Thomas thing. I'm kind of just excited <laughs> to see how – I'm excited to see how it plays out, you know? I mean, Thomas last year was a disaster, and he was a disaster for me because I, I went with the, the Breeze-Thomas, you know, on the first turn of Scott Fishball, which completely derailed my entire season. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think – I'm kind of excited. And now, listen, given the situation, I'm probably going to take Jefferson – but I am going to sprinkle him some Thomas in best ball because I don't know that we can, you know, discard him completely. I mean, the guy can catch a football and he can run route. So I do mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, given the choice, I will go Jefferson. But I am kind of excited to see what Thomas has, you know, what, what we have in store for, for this combo this season. Or I guess this trio, because like you said, Taysom Hill is going to be in the mix.
0: Yeah, a long drop for Michael Thomas. A year ago, he was pretty much the consensus wide receiver, right. two in most drafts. And uh, yeah. I thought i nailed my home week. I had Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, and George Kittle <laughs> as my first three picks. Yep, thought i nailed it. <laughs> uh, so going to tight end real quick, and then we'll get to our main segment. Uh, let's start with you, Jen. Uh, TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews? I know you were big on the Mark Andrews tra- uh, train a year ago. Tight end four and tight end five, respectively. Uh, both going in the early sixth round right now. Which one do you want?
2: I'm still sticking with Andrews. I know a lot of people are excited about Hawkinson um, being that Detroit, you know, they don't have a lot of weapons and they think he's going to kind of get all the targets. I still think it's Andrews. I still think that Lamar and Andrews have a thing. And I think at the end of the day, I think he's going to end up, you know, higher in the fantasy rankings. I don't dislike Hawkinson, but I am still going to go with Andrews.
1: Sure. Andy? I think the path for Andrews to be the right answer here and it's it's certainly possible is is like a like a freaky touchdown season, right? It's right. it's sure. one of those years where he catches 55 balls and 10 of them are touchdowns or 12 of them are touchdowns and that. You know, we see that at tight ends. Like there's there's one of those about like I don't know, like 2 out of every 3 years we get one of those crazy seasons from a tight end. I'm I'm going Hawkinson here because I think there's something like a 20% chance that he leads all tight ends in targets. Um, mm-hmm. I sh- I shouldn't start there because I also think he's really good. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he he was like a spark score superhero. Like we talk about Kyle Pitts as this freakish talent and he is. Um, Hawkinson's really close. Like Ho- when Hawkinson and Fant came out, they like they were basically off the charts athletically for their position as well. So he's he's really good. Um, 700 yards last year, six touchdowns. And and again, he's his team's number one receiver. And there's just not a lot of tight ends that are in that situation. Um, it's Brashad Perriman and, and Tyrell Williams, and they just, they just didn't do anything notable in the draft receiver. So Hawkinson has a chance at like 130 targets, which is gonna, that's just gonna blow the workload for Andrews out of the water
0: plus he blocks so he never comes off the field like that's the that's the cool thing about him as well the only difference between him and somebody like kyle pitts but uh, i'm with you i I love hawkinson year three tight end is usually a good year so i'm excited about that uh thank you for playing who'd you rather i'd appreciate it we're gonna go over to our main segment i'm gonna turn it over to jen because uh this was jen's idea and jen's world to have festivus in may the airing (laughs) of grievances so uh jen take it away Folks, early bird pricing for 2021 4 for 4 memberships are available. Don't hesitate to sign up early and capitalize on the ever-growing off-season content we bring you day in and day out. Check out Classic, Pro, and DFS Embedding memberships up to 25% off right now. See 4for4.com slash plans for details.
2: Yeah, you know, listen, you know I'm all about complaining when when, when appropriate. So I'm all about it. Um, I'm excited for this. So we've got to kind of segment it in little different, you know, I guess, segments um, of, of our grievances. We're going to start with last season just to kind of, you know, air that out. Cause maybe a lot of people, maybe you guys didn't get a chance to, to do that yet. So um, let's start with Brandon, since you've been kind of quiet in the beginning part here, what is your grievance from last season? What, you know, what, what's it sticking in there that, that you're just still pissed off about? I just hate Adam Gase. I hate
0: him so much. I hate. Him. I think about it. I wake up in the middle of the night. Some, I'm a Dolphins fan also, so there's like double hate. But I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and just think about how much I hate Adam Gase and his crazy eyes. So he, I bought all the LaMichael P. Ryan stock last year. And I understand. It was cheap, and he was a long shot. But I was like, you know what? Le'Veon Bell. Uh, not exactly a reliable guy. Frank Gore's 400 years old. I thought for sure P. Ryan would get an opportunity. And of course, what does he do when P. Ryan is healthy? He gives Gore 12 carries a game. It makes zero sense on a team that was stinking anyway. Uh, Blowing Sam Darnold, any value he possibly could have had. I'm very upset. And now, uh, you know, now P. Ryan comes off an injured year and you've got Tevin Coleman there. You got Michael Carter there. So it's just a whole cluster there. And I hate everything to do with the Jets. And I hate everything to do with Adam GaSe, and I blame him for all my problems from last year.
2: <laughs> Air it out, dude. Air it out. I like it. All right, Andy, you're up.
1: Um, I gotta go with Josh Jacobs uh, as a. I don't like. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna be kind of irritated with that guy, maybe for the rest of his career. Um, I i i had had a lot of him last year. Um, and it was. <sighs> Man, like it, you you look at the year end stats and it's not even that bad, right? He had 12 touchdowns and that kind of saved his fantasy season. Um, but like it's notable that he had like is one of those situations where he saved his best game for week 17, which is such a pet peeve, right? He had like 89 yards and two touchdowns in week 17, um, mm-hmm. which just that's that's helping me nowhere, dude. That is helping me. Absolutely nowhere. The the promised increase in receptions didn't really materialize. He finishes with 33. And now there's no shot that it's going to happen this year with Kenyon Drake or the great Kenyon Drake around who they're talking about as a wide receiver. <laughs> um the jacobs and some of this is you know he played through some nagging stuff last year i get it but he lost almost a full yard per carry from his rookie season just plainly did not have the same elusiveness last year he had that weird little joke that he tried to make on social about not playing in a week and then he played and it just messed with us and twitter blew up for like 45 minutes over it and (laughs) it, it it is one of the most irritating seasons ever in my opinion from a player who you couldn't quite sit like you had to keep playing him um and occasionally he would find the end zone but he did absolutely nothing else
0: those are the worst kind of fantasy players too to have on your roster the, the guys that you can't sit but don't yeah, produce. yeah those are the worst i'd rather they just be hurt
2: <laughs> yeah that was kind of Miles sanders as well for me last year i had him everywhere um and that happened but for my for this segment for me um, i'm gonna go with derrick henry and I know you're thinking, why Derek Henry? He had a great season. However, (laughs) however, so the guy averaged (laughs) 20.2 half PPR points a game throughout the season. He even had, in week 14, he had a 35. In week 17, he had a 35. But in week 16, for my championship game and everyone else's, he put up (laughs) 9.8 points. And I lost the damn game. And that's so frustrating from a guy that busted. I mean, he was was incredible. He was RB4 and half half PPR points per game for the entire season. And in week 16, when we needed him most, he put up a single digit number. So I'm still upset about that. I love Derrick Henry. I'm still going to draft him. But he cost me, you know, he cost me a trophy and some money. So I'm not thrilled with that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and was that it's, not the Green Bay game when A.J. Dillon basically had the exact stat line that you would have assumed Derrick Henry would give you?
2: I don't remember who they played exactly, but I'm, I'm going to go with, since, you, since you're since you remembering that, I'm going to go with sure. That, that sounds right. <laughs> um, and that, that makes it even more frustrating. Oh, OK. I'm going to, we're going to move on to this season now. And we're gonna go with our. I'm sorry, Brandon. No, I just want
0: to say something real quick about the Josh Jacobs joke as well. Like the joke to fantasy. Like I understand that fantasy that like players probably uh, get annoyed by fantasy owners. I understand where that comes from. But stop pretending like fantasy sports isn't a huge boon to your career. Like it's yeah, it's it's a billion dollar industry. Like fantasy sports is is one of the reasons why the NFL is what the NFL is. And for players not to acknowledge that, like that's I, it's it's just very myopic in my opinion.
1: Opinion.
2: yes and that's less and that, that that's a good a good festivus uh point there Brandon. <laughs> i'm down with that all right we're gonna we're gonna move on to our favorite team grievances things that our teams have done did whatever that are you know that we need to air out here um andy i'll start with you first what do you yeah, got well
1: my team is the chicago bears and I, I we've already mentioned it i'm i'm completely pleased with their with their draft i'm shocked that they ended up with justin fields um and listen, this offseason has been kind of fun for me because I'm delighted by the Aaron Rodgers fiasco as well, right? Like I got a lot going for me as a Bears fan. <laughs>
2: right.
1: But I am pretty annoyed that the Bears are apparently the one team in the NFL for which the salary cap is like a real thing. Right. Um, you look at the the Cowboys signed Dak Prescott for a billion dollars and they somehow saved themselves like $15 million against the cap, um, the Saints go to Taysom Hill and they're like, Hey, we're going to give you 14 ten years on the end of your contract. And it's going to help us out a lot with the cap. And we're going to move some things around and then we'll be able to do whatever we want, but like the bears um, so far have, have released a former pro bowl corner. Um, they've released their left tackle. Like apparently the salary cap means everything to the bears. And nothing to any other team in the league, <laughs> and still somehow, like Jimmy Graham is sitting on the roster. I don't I, like. I don't know what that's about. We're, we're we're releasing relevant players. Jimmy Graham still collecting a check.
2: Oh, that's awesome. I <laughs> Do you think it. maybe
0: the Cowboys have Jonah Hill as their accountant? And <laughs> the Bears have Milton from Office Space. Do you think that's
2: what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so frustrating.
2: Funny. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next here, and it's kind of in, you know we might as well continue with talking about the Bears and Fields. So. I went to University of Georgia and and my team, I have a couple pro teams. I know it's blasphemy to do so, but I do. But for this segment, uh, my team is going to be the Broncos. And both my college team and my pro team passed on Fields. Now, so I get screwed not once, but twice. So, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but Justin Fields was at UGA first and they decided to let him go to the transfer portal and stay with Jake Fromm. So, um, and then, you know, Fields goes on, of course, to go to, you know, the national championship game with Ohio state and whatnot. And then, then Fields drops to the Broncos at 15 and they, you know, they take Patrick Sertain the second and decide to not get a new quarterback. And I guess roll with Locke unless, you know, unless these Rogers rumors Mm -hmm. are legit, which would be fantastic. So that's really my, my grievance is that, uh. Justin Fields was there twice for me, and somehow <laughs> both my teams decided to just say, Nah, we're good with what we got. We're good with From, and we're good with Locke. We'll just let this dude go. So. That's that, my grievance.
1: That first night of the draft had to be wild for Broncos fans, right? Because it all started with, hey, you're probably going to get Aaron Rodgers and and let's let's all make these um, Super Bowl prop wagers while we can, while uh, the odds are good. <laughs> um, and then you end the night and like Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, listen, you have Mark Schlereth, right? Who's a former Bronco and he's on the radio here in Denver completely talking about the fact that it's basically a done deal you know they just need to sign the papers you know so he's got everyone (laughs) lathered up for like a two hours you know time frame and then all of a sudden they you know it was kind of you know obviously it didn't happen and i guess there's rumors that it's still potentially happening and yeah i mean we're stuck with teddy and and lock and it's like you go from that and then you also have you know potentially you know your franchise qb fall in your lap and they say nah we're good
0: Also, from Lock sounds like uh, an infomercial for, like, a cleaning product that, like, <laughs> it cleans, like, like it's 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 supposed is, to, like, defog your car windows and it doesn't work. That's, is, that's what it sounds like. Is From, from
2: even, is he still in the league? I mean, I know he was, I don't know. He didn't was, he uh, say
0: something racist to get yes, booted out of yes. Buffalo or something? You yeah. know what, he
2: did say something racist, but they didn't boot him. I think oh, he actually, okay. yeah. I think he stayed, but I don't know if he's still there or not, but uh, he is, you know. Just, <laughs> it is what just it from is. Enough.
0: They got Mitch Trubisky, so they don't. Yeah, they, don't they need brought in Trubisky. Anymore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so what? What do you got, Brandon, on your uh, your Dolphin grievances? Well, for the, uh
0: thank you for doing Broncos to leave the Dolphins for me because I of know course. Dolphins fandom is something we share, Jen. We do. Uh, I'm actually pretty happy with the Dolphins right now, but I will say the history of taking the speed guy at wide receiver in the top 15 is not good. Like, I like Jalen Waddle. He's super fast. He's super interesting, a huge playmaker. I love the idea of Tua being able to uh, air it out a little bit and and the familiarity he has with Waddle. I understand all the amazing things Jalen Waddle brings to that offense. I absolutely do, but I cannot think of a speed guy in the top 15 that has panned out. I mean, I, I remember Ted Ginn very, well Troy Williamson Tavon Austin (laughs) Darius Hayward Bay John Ross Corey Coleman that's all I can think of I can't think of another speed guy who went in the top 15 so Jalen Waddle very exciting for me hope he pans out not super optimistic
2: (laughs) I think that you know I mean I think he's exciting you know they do you know Devontae Parker's there and you've got Will Fuller so I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out and if he can be fantasy relevant this year i think a lot of people are dismissing devonte parker i kind of like him and i feel like he's a good value right now in best ball and yeah. he's been dropping
1: if i if i can say one thing about waddle it's that um you, you know through like until he got injured last year at alabama like through through four games he he was gonna have the season that Smith had. Um, Ooh, he he, I like he was keep going. He was leading. <laughs> not that not that he was gonna see exactly the same volume, right? But he, I mean, he opened his season with four hundred yard games, and not just like just over a hundred yards. Like he was he was dominating in receiving yardage on that team. Um, and, and the injury obviously derailed his season. But he he was the guy that was tracking to be like the Heisman candidate from that receiving core.
0: Ooh, see, I like to see Andy. You need to come out every week just to like talk me down in the (laughs) house. That's what I need.
2: Talk him off the ledge. (laughs) All right. Next thing we're going to go to. I think we'll go to the post-free agency grievances. So this is, you know, obviously things that have pissed you off since uh, since free agency happened. Um, We'll start with Brandon since we went with Andy last time.
0: Yeah, is it okay that I'm? I, we talked about Mitch Trubisky in Buffalo. Is it okay that I'm a little upset the the Trubisky era as a starter is <laughs> over? Like, not necessarily oh. the Chicago era. I, I I I'm I'm sorry. I, I kind of think he's fun to watch, and he he puts up fantasy points. Uh, you know, he's like always oh, like a fringe QB one when he's starting. Uh, just because he runs a little bit, and him going to Buffalo means he's already resigned to being a backup. Like right? because Josh Allen's not going anywhere. So I was kind of hoping we'd get him battling it out and. Carolina or Indianapolis Denver something like that somewhere obviously Indy before they they traded for Carson Wentz but I I don't I'm sad that Mitch Trubisky as like a potential starter is over and done with and we're
1: closing the book already you I know, think you,
2: I think you're nuts, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, you, you
1: deserve the experience of having Mitch Trubisky go to your team if this is really how you feel. Like, uh, uh, like, if I could will him to the Dolphins right now, not that we want Tua to get hurt or anything, but let's just say Tua goes down in week two, I would love for you to have the experience of rooting for Mitch Trubisky for like eight, ten consecutive weeks, something like that, because it is work, man. It is It is work.
2: Yeah, I equate it kind of to the, the Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler experience that we've had here in for the last several like, years. It's like, it's funny to watch from afar when it's not your team, but it's, it's really not fun. And it's not fun when it's your fantasy team either. I mean, I had Trubisky on, on a couple teams, you know, super flex teams last year, and it's not fun.
0: <laughs> I, I remember the trevor Simeon. year is there anyone any oh. bad quarterback that announcers wanted to be good so much like oh every time i would gosh. watch denver they were like look at that great throw and it's like a little like like screen pass that he threw
2: <laughs> the worst part of it is, is that the, the broncos had him for a year and then the next year decided to trot him out again that's what was so crazy about it. It's kind of like Trubisky, I guess. It's like you saw what you had and then you still did it the next year. It's kind of, I mean, but anyway, um, Andy, what do you have for your post free agency uh, Festivus grievance?
1: Well, I I think the thing that irritated me the most is that the, the New England Patriots took two ostensibly very useful tight ends, which is a position that was not exactly rich with fantasy talent last year. Right. It was just a minefield position. Um, And they, And they, and they made a both undraftable. Like, I don't, I don't think you can touch Hunter Henry or John Smith. These two like independent of each other are both probably top 10, certainly top 12 talents at their position in the league. But like new England is either going to have a rookie quarterback who had a better supporting cast in college than he does now, or (laughs) they're going to be quarterbacked by cam Newton, who I, I find easy to root for. But the man threw eight touchdown passes in 15 games last year. Like, yeah, he, he a, might be done. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a really low ceiling passing game. And like, if it had just been one of them, that guy would have been fantasy relevant. But I don't have either one of them inside my top 12 at the position. I'm yeah, with you. Funny. I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed by this. Yeah, yeah we they, they, are. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they, they, they take Johnny and we're like, okay, eh, not the best spot, but eh. and then they grab, they add Henry, and you're like, you've got to be kidding me! You took both of them away from us. Brutal, Especially but. when there's
0: so many spots where like a tight end fits like they could have gone to Buffalo, Carolina, Arizona, somewhere that like had like a gap and then we'd have two relevant tight ends. I'm so mad. I'm so hey, mad. Don't,
2: don't disrespect <laughs> Jacob Hollister like that. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> excited about him in Buffalo. A lot of people are sleeping on him, but he's a great like round 20 dude in, in best ball because I think uh, I don't know something about him I'm excited. Uh, but my post free agency grievance is Philip Lindsay. I'm so frustrated. I love Philip Lindsay, and he lands in gross Houston. I mean, there's no worse, <laughs> no worse spot, right, for, for a running back, or for really anybody at this point, let's face it. Yeah. We don't know what's happening in Houston, but, you know, you've got a guy that's an undrafted free agent, right? He busts out 2,000-yard seasons in a row, and then he still isn't used properly. He still doesn't get the respect of Denver, and then he's finally free, and he lands in Houston. But the good news with all of it is I do think that he's a great value. He's a 15th rounder right now, an underdog, and I think he's going to take the job from David Johnson anyway, and I think that, uh, you know, not that I'm saying he's going to be a top 12 running back or anything, but I I think his value is definitely pretty low right now as a 15th rounder, so that is the one good thing out of it, but I'm so aggravated that he's in Houston.
0: Yeah, I'll target him in the 15th round all day just because of that. Like, I just can't believe David Johnson's going to stay healthy and productive for 16 games, and Mark Ingram looked pretty washed last year.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark Ingram, yeah he, yeah, he actually screwed me last year as well. I was kind of excited about him having another repeat year in Baltimore. That did not happen. <laughs> um, all right. Got, I think we have one more, one more Festivus uh, grievance section here, and that's our after draft. So we'll start with Andy. What's your, uh, what's your annoyance here as far as uh, after the draft?
1: yeah so it doesn't actually relate to a to a rookie um elijah moore went to the jets which is fine elijah moore's a really good player the whole draft was full of slot guys basically outside the top three and he's a he's a good one he's on the same timeline now with zach wilson i totally get it my my grievance here is that like what the hell are we doing with jameson crowder um he's that guy's that guy's good i'm not i'm not saying he's a superstar but that guy is good. I feel like there's an alternate reality in which he was paired with Tom Brady from the start and he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory right now, right? <laughs> like he's just, like he's he's been snake bit by a number of things. It'll be a hamstring injury one year, it'll be a, a, a dreadful offense the next year. Sometimes it's both. Um, if we could just get that guy to like Detroit, to New England, to Vegas, to Tennessee, to one of these teams that just has a, an easy opportunity for somebody to walk in and get 120 targets, I would love to see. I mean, we have teams out there that are starting like Kendrick Bourne. Um, (laughs) Let's, let's, let's get Jamison Crowder to one of those teams. God, I so agree
2: with you. So I, I I was drafting him in best ball drafts before the draft, you know, he he was a great value. And then he just, even his value got screwed there because it's like, what? I I absolutely (laughs) agree. I think he's, I think he's definitely, uh, like you said, in an altered universe, he should be somewhere else and he should be a, you know, a wide receiver, one or two, and yet he's going to end up in the, the four to five range. If he even, I don't know. I don't know what's yep. going to happen with him.
0: There is hope because over the cap says that, uh, that the Jets have 10.3 million reasons to cut him. So
1: there is hope. I, I mean, can you trade, like, you can't trade that guy for like a future, I don't know, third, would, fourth. So like, he's good. You would think so.
2: He's definitely good. And and someone like you said, like in Detroit or, you know, New England, or, I mean, he he definitely would be, an asset on some somewhere other than the wasteland that is the jets but you know what the jets are are, are new and the jets are new and exciting so yeah. you know they are gay they are gays free and they have you know, a, new, a new quarterback so,
0: i hope they got all the gays out of the building like i hope they fumigate you know, get some of that from lock and
1: spray COVID, it all over the place yeah, Do you I think, think COVID- there's a, like a contractor you can call to just de-gays your facility
2: de-gace. ah that's awesome. I think COVID probably took care of that, right? <laughs> yeah. You get in there and get, you, have to, you have to defumigate anyway. So
0: another... no, COVID's scared of Gase, man. I hear Gase is part of the <laughs> Pfizer vaccine. They put a little Gase in there. That's what I think.
2: Oh, that's awesome. All right, Brandon, what do you got on your post-draft uh, Festivus grievance?
0: Screw the Jags, man. Screw the Jaguars for taking Travis ETN. Like, uh, we talked about, Andy talked about the tight end situation. I like things to unmurky. Unmurk yeah. unmerk the world and travis Etienne just adds murk that's all he does i james robinson i actually don't even have like a lot of dynasty shares in james robinson or anything i think i have one um I, still i i i wanted him to be the uh the workhorse back he was last year so that we have this like there we are second third round back he's a good rb2 or a good rb1 if you go wide receiver heavy and now we just have all this murk tra- uh, and then on the flip side travis Etienne had he gone to atlanta or gone somewhere where there's like a a, an opening for him we'd have another exciting rookie that we could draft too but now instead we got two guys we don't know what to do with and we have to wait and find out what their adp does to find out if we even want to draft them so screw the jaguars and urban meyer and everything (laughs) associated with that draft pick
2: (laughs) i like it i listen i i can't stand urban meyer um so honestly and i think People are all excited about him. I honestly think that he's going to screw up, screw and blow up that whole team and then go back to the go back to college football anyway in 2 years. So yeah, he'll
0: retire. He'll retire. You <laughs>
2: know, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I see him on the Nick Saban trajectory of just, you know, blowing up that franchise and then going back and doing what he knows, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you know top, I, top
0: college I, coaches work out uh, more often than not, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I got to I got to say I see a lot of people still ranking ETN as the as the number 2 running back like in dynasty rookie drafts and I'm not there. I'm not, yeah. I'm not actually, I'm not even close to it. I've got him. I've got him. In, I think he's got a serious problem with James Robinson. Like James <laughs> Robinson's a good player. Um, and I, it's not that I exactly take urban at his word when he says that ETN's going to be a third down back, but I, I, I don't know that urban Meyer understands that you shouldn't draft a third uh, round third <laughs> in, in the first round. Like that might be possible. Um, cause Robinson's good. Like Robinson's real competition. Yep. Sure. Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, 50-50 split sounds very, very plausible, which yeah. which will just, you know, good for the team, probably. Like, it, you know, works out well for the team, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, just blech.
1: I, yeah, I will also say that Carlos Hyde never yeah. goes anywhere where he doesn't play. Like, we, we all talked about that as, oh, this is great for James Robinson. They're not going to play. Carl- Carlos Hyde always plays. Carlos Hyde yeah. ends every season with 150 touches. Like, he is for sure going to play.
2: He does. I was drafting him a ton before the ETN pick, but uh, I was excited about it. I'm like, he's going to definitely get in there and put up some points, you know, with a super ridiculously late ADP. Uh, But yes, I agree with that. All of that is frustrating. I don't play Dynasty, but I can imagine that if I did, that would be frustrating to the James Robinson people. Mm -hmm. Uh, My post-draft grievance is the Kyle Pitts insane foaming at the mouth fever pitch all of it i totally get it like i get it generational talent every buzzword you could come up with for that but seeing where he's being drafted and seeing as we all know you know the patterns of rookie tight ends for fantasy i just it blows my mind that he's going like as tight end four and five like i've seen him go before andrews i've seen him go and it just doesn't make sense to me and this is regular not dynasty you know not startups this is best ball. Um, it just confuses me. I don't really understand why people are so excited about it. I, you know, we know that tight ends need time to learn. They need to learn how to block. They need, You know, all that stuff. It's different in the NFL. And I find it strange that people are, have no problem just skipping him above, you know, and he's going in, you know, fourth and sixth round in, in some drafts, you know, right after Waller. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. No. How is this happening? And I understand Dynasty is a whole other, you know, a whole different animal, but Um, It just it blows my mind. I know Brandon and I have been talking about this before the draft started, and he had some um, Brandon. You have that stat handy that you uh, threw out there as far as like tight ends that were drafted in the NFL draft right it was w- within the first two rounds or I can't remember the exact thing
0: yeah yeah so 24 tight ends have been drafted in the first round since 2000 uh since the year 2000 uh only five of them have gone on at any point in their careers to have a top three fantasy finish uh I I, I relegated really to to top three because we know that with tight ends the top three is usually a huge gap uh right now it's like top one then top two then top three but uh you know huge gap to the rest of them uh and then only one of those did it as a a rookie and that was Jeremy Shockey way back in 2002 so all those first round tight ends most of them don't finish in that top three and uh only five of them ever finished in the top three so you know I like Kyle Pitts too but as far as tempering expectations for what he can do as a rookie uh just history does not suggest he's going to come in and be the dominant force above the Darren Wallers that we expect
1: also I feel like people are going to be mad if he like if he doesn't like come right in and give you 900 yards and like eight touchdowns which almost no one does at that position as a rookie. Like that's yeah. a wild expectation. But if he doesn't do that, people are going to be like, "Wow, what a what a bust." <laughs> I saw somebody project
0: like 12 touchdowns for him and Shane Hallen brought wow. up the point that like that hasn't happened as a rookie tight end since like the 60s with Mike Ditka or something or the 70s yeah. or something.
1: So <laughs> the expectations think, are ridiculous yeah it's like Keith Jackson had a huge year and like um Ditka obviously had a had a huge season but like you have to like it happens like once every 20 years or 30 years somebody has yeah. like a double digit touchdown season it's just not a reasonable expectation
2: <laughs> no especially because there are other weapons there like yeah we can't forget you know that Ridley's there and then Julio for now and you know there's and there I mean Hayden Hurst is still there and I hate to yeah you know I mean he's he's yeah, he's good i mean he's not fantastic but i mean he is good and he's he's a veteran he knows you know how to play the position so
0: can i say something sneaky about about tight end uh yeah in so so i'm actually not out on hayden Hurst. like i i don't think he's like thriving or anything like that but like as a dart throw like late yeah. best ball i'll grab hayden Hurst because i think kyle pitts is gonna line up in the slot i feel like russell gage is hurt more by kyle yeah. pitts than than hayden Hurst. that's just me
2: i can get behind that brandon <laughs> i can do that i can definitely support a an 18 through 20th round hayden Hurst dart i have no problem with that
0: yeah especially the the barren wasteland that is the tight end position
2: <laughs> yes um that is all of our grievancy uh segment as always i you know i, I love i love a good airing out of of, of things <laughs> i I, I've, I i actually pitched this podcast as a weekly podcast Um, to our our, our boss Josh Moore he did not like that he 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 felt that it was a you know a a one-time thing but I think it'll be fun every week to sit around and just bitch about what happened the, the prior week and what pissed you off. Even if it's like someone random in your league that like didn't set their lineup or did, you know, kept someone on the bench because they didn't do it or, you know, whatever, something like that. I think it's I think it's healthy for the soul to air out, you know, things that make you upset. But, th-
1: but that's the thing about Josh. He's just he's just such a little ray of sunshine. Everything is rosy optimism. <laughs> Josh Moore. He would... I know. I'm yeah, sure he's not listening to this. Yeah, he has, uh, he has uh, no time for grievance.
2: Uh, he has no time because he's too busy breeding crypto horses right now so he, doesn't have time. he doesn't have time for any of this
1: he,
0: he's amazing at it i can't even get mad at him like he, every time i talk to him he's like i've got a whole stable i'm making t- it's great it's fantastic i love by the way that you've got a uh, a meta grievance within the episode of grievances like that's what i love you just had a grievance about the grievance episode i love I, it it's fantastic i told
2: you i'm always about grievances <laughs>
0: all right well uh let's call it because we're running low on time and uh this was a ton of fun and uh i i could pester jen for more grievances for another hour but we'll spare andy that uh (laughs) everyone be sure to follow andy on twitter at andy barons listen to the yahoo fantasy football forecast wherever you get your podcast read all his excellent content on yahoo uh andy thank you so much for taking the time joining us today anything else you want to say or plug before we go
1: Oh gosh! Uh, no, just please check out the podcast. I would really appreciate it. The Yahoo Fantasy Forecast. Thanks so much. This uh, this was really fun. Really enjoyed talking to you guys.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and go uh, leave it a nice review and a five star uh, five star rating because that helps out and uh, it's really worth uh, adding to your regular podcast rotation. Jen, thank you so much as always. Any final thoughts?
2: No, I feel good. I have aired out. I am I'm in a good mood now. I can go back and and continue <laughs> continue writing my rookie profiles with you know. <laughs> with with rainbows and unicorns so no this was great um i really enjoyed it thank you for indulging uh, this topic because that's what i wanted and thank you so much andy for joining us i really appreciate it
0: <laughs> all right so don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to look for rainbows and unicorns in jen's next article uh you can follow us on twitter at two guys brandon and at the monday mommy thank you
1: so much for listening have a good day